Hey there, welcome back to Minutes with Monica. I love the topic that we're talking about today. It's one that I've talked a little bit about in my other podcast, and I'm going to expand on it more today. It's also a topic that I have in my book that I'm really passionate about. I have some leaders in the area of psychology that I follow that uh, really have a good understanding of this topic. And so I just really want to expand on it a little bit. But let me give you a little background at how it happened. So like, I'm in class the other day and one of my students calls out to me, Professor Swank. And I, I literally felt myself cringe and um, <laughs> I hope I didn't show it to her. But here's the reason why I cringed because in fact, my response to her was pretty much what I'm going to say to you is that I hate titles. Okay. Like I know that's a really harsh statement. In fact, some of my listeners out there are going, okay, well, wait a minute. I happen to carry a title. So let me back to pedal just a second to explain what I mean by this, right? I, I do hate titles to an extent. I don't necessarily hate every aspect about them. And I definitely don't hate the people that carry them, right? Because if I say I hate titles, I then am excluding a lot of people who I really, really love. And in the same sense, if I say that I hate titles, that I'm really completely devaluing this God of mine that I am passionately in love with, right? Because God carries a title. In fact, uh, in the Western world, in many parts, God is capitalized, right? Which means that's his name, that's his title. And other gods or myths that we talk about are with a little g, right? So I think God is probably his title, not just his name. And so if I said I hate titles and I left it at that, that's really harsh. And it leaves out a whole lot of information. So let me go back to this idea and to what happened in the classroom the other day, because it was just really, it hit me hard. And I was like, man, I really just don't like titles. In fact, what I said to her was, it would be okay if you call me Monica, but your other professors are probably not going to appreciate that. So I would exercise caution in that. Um, but I literally did feel myself cringe when she said it to me. And it was just a, a, a respect thing, right? She wasn't uh, associating anything with that for me. Just I was her professor and she needed to give me a name, right? So, but my actual response to her besides the fact is, oh, I hate titles was, um, you know, I clean toilets. <laughs> and at that, the whole classroom kind of shift and turns around and looks at me like, okay, where is this going? But I do, I clean toilets, right? Not for a living, I don't clean toilets, but I could. And not for pleasure because I don't think I ever would do that. But the reality of it is, I clean toilets. Um, And worse than that, I sop up vomit when my kids or my dog gets sick. 
I put my hands in some really gross things. Not because I really desire to do that, right? Like how many of us love to go clean up our dog's mess in the backyard, right? But it's a necessity. And so for me, these actions have a lot to do with um, loving or hating titles. (laughs) Let me explain. Titles are normal. They're absolutely expected, not just in the Western world, but in every culture. Titles are expected because they establish authority. And in some cases, they really just give order, right? Um, Knowing who to go to, just like my student, right? Professor meant that there's some order in this, right? She was distinguishing the fact that I necessarily wasn't authority over her, but I controlled the nature of the classroom at that point, right? So she was just giving me this title because of the order that it established it for our classroom. But there, sometimes we get just caught up in this concept of title and they are just titles. Even the general of an army is a title. And my goal here is not to diminish the hard work of anybody. Trust me, that's not not my point. Because, again, titles are important and they are valuable in certain respects. And let me tell you, I know some people who I have great respect for because titles often come with this requirement of dedication for both time and effort to achieve them, right? It doesn't, it isn't an overnight thing that you become a doctor. It isn't an overnight thing that you become a professor. It's, right, it's not an overnight thing that you become a general or a leader um, of any kind. So I'm not downplaying that and I definitely don't want to diminish the hard work of anybody here. In fact, going back to my own references, I was a uh, 911 dispatcher at one point, and titles really show just a great respect for people. It's this idea of um, something that they've earned, right? That they have um, successfully done something in their own life. But it's this idea of success that becomes the problem. And I think that for me and for many people, subconsciously, it's the real problem lies in some of these specific areas. One is this idea of success. But another one that I want to speak into is this idea of being separated. Titles separate people because of order and authority, and that is often simply because some task needs to be accomplished. They don't separate us as human beings, right? They, a title suggests a place of privilege in some situations, 
But that isn't to say you and I are different as humans. We've just obtained different things in our life. All of us are really capable of cleaning toilets. In fact, most of us probably have at some point, right? Sorry about the idea of toilet toilets. It just felt the right thing. <laughs> Anyhow, but if we haven't done it, we really should. Because it, it's just a part of life, right? So, again, what I'm saying here is that it's not this idea of status that changes us. Or it shouldn't be status that changes us because we're all human beings. We're all born, we all live, we all die. That takes place in different places. Some are born in homes, some are born in hospitals, some are born in the field, some are born in cabs, right? Whatever. It's the concept that we're all born. And we really are all born and we all live and we all die in relatively the same way. Even though our lives are different, it's still the concept of overcoming, living, finding joy, overcoming, living, finding joy. It's the same, right? For all of us, we all have similar things in that. And so none of us escape those realities. And like I said, we all do it in relatively the same way. So that brings us around to what I really want to talk about. And it's that there's some concern that goes around with the idea of carrying a title. And the concern comes at the individual level. It's not the title. It's not the work to get to the title. It's not the belief that the title is a good or a bad thing. It's actually this belief in this lie that creates this um, greater than the average person in your mind. And so if you are in that place and you carry this title and you are believing some lie about what this title offers you as a human being, then there's a really good possibility that you are going to come crashing down pretty hard someday if that title's ever removed from you. And it also means that if you don't carry a title and you think you're less because of that, that you're also believing this lie. In another podcast, I talked about the value of the mirror and what it offers for us, right? Um, it's this idea that the mirror can't alter our image, that we alter our image, right? The mirror gives us a real view, view of who we are visually to the world, to when we walk out the door, the rest of the world sees us the same way that the mirror sees us until we open our mouth or we have some behavior that alters that image for them, right? We can look in a mirror and in this crazy, I don't even know how we do it, but in this crazy thing, the ability that we have, while we're looking in the mirror, we can consciously alter our image. The mirror doesn't do it for us. We do this in our minds. And because what we do in our minds, we actually can alter the picture, the image that's in front of us. And it's the same concept with a title, right? 
we're the ones who alter the image. The image isn't altered on its own. The title isn't altered in its own. If you are the chief, the chief signifies some job, some qualification that you have, but it doesn't alter who you are as a human being, right? Okay, so this idea that we have in our head that it establishes something about who we are as humans is dangerous. And that's what I'm speaking into, right? It's the reality of it is that as humans, we are designed for some reason, for some purpose. Um, There is an interpretation of the Tower of Babel that I love. This Tower of Babel story in the um, scriptures. And I love this interpretation because I think it really represents what I'm talking about here. Is um, And I don't think it's my own interpretation. Actually, the NRSV says that this is a debated topic of interpretation. And it, that is that God de- desires diversity, right? He didn't want us all to be the same because for one, we're not all made the same. Not physically, not mentally, not emotionally, not spiritually, right? We're all different. And so it's this idea that in the Tower of Babel, God wants us to be diverse. And again, like I said, it's because your passions and your gifts, your individual and unique passions and gifts make you a valuable resource for the world. Have you considered that? That's a crazy thought, right? But who you are sitting in your chair right now, sitting in your car, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, not your job, not your marriage, not your children, not your friends, but your passions and the gifts that you have as an individual are a valuable resource for the world. That's a crazy thought, right? Your ability to love is unique. Consider your family for a minute because that's the easiest concept for us to draw up sometimes, right? Consider your family. All of you love differently. All of you have inner compassion towards others or you have these loves that, that didn't sound right, but you have these, you have this ability to love. Um, Some people love with restrictions, others don't, right? And it's unique and individual just to you. So this ability that you have to love or this ability to offer compassion. How about this ability to speak kind words, right? They're all yours alone. My husband speaks totally different kind words than I speak. His kind word is, yeah, you look great today. You look nice today, right? Mine's like, oh my gosh, I love that top. It just makes you stand out and brings color to your skin. Like, my husband's not going to say that stuff. We're all different. So your words, your love, your compassion, they're yours alone. And they are a valuable resource for the rest of the world. I know that's a crazy thought, right? But think of the impact you have from a coworker who stops by your desk just to comment on your hair, right? Or comment on the outfit you have or comment on your smile, whatever it is, right? It impacts you in a great way. And so you are a valuable resource for the world. 
you know, going back to this idea of titles and this idea of, um, oh, I don't know, drive, um, belief systems in ourselves, right? Have you ever watched a sports team losing the game? Okay, I always am rooting for the underdog. But sometimes I quit rooting for the underdog depending on how the team is playing. Because a losing team often has this spirit that dies. Their heads kind of hang down. If you watch, I'm telling you, watch one and pay attention. Their heads kind of hang down and uh, their feet get a little heavy. Their, their plays are not executed the way they're supposed to be. <clears throat> my husband and I used to coach, <clears throat> excuse me, my husband and I used to coach sixth grade girls basketball. Wow, that is an interesting age to coach, just saying, especially girls. Fun, fun, fun stuff, but definitely different. And one of the things we had is because sixth grade girls, if you know anything about them, are really hard on themselves. And they can be real, like one thing can go wrong and it alters everything else that they do. And so in coaching them, one of our mantras, one of our constant reminders to the girls was that if your chin is hanging, your game's over. Might as well just give up and quit now, right? And there is a ton of truth in this. It's because our body has natural endorphins. And when we shut them off, we lose momentum. So if we allow ourselves to believe, well, I suck because I really missed that basket. Or, um, wow, I'm never going to get promoted, right? We're shutting off these natural endorphins that we were gifted with that our bodies were designed with. And if we actually lift our heads, if you watch the sports team, a sports team kind of lift their heads, if their coach is really good, they keep the momentum going, they keep themselves focused, and they cheer each other on. So they might be down, let's say a basketball game, they're down 20 points. It's hard to come back from if you're in fourth quarter, right? 20 points isn't big in a basketball game, but it could be in fourth quarter, depending on the time. But this, these underdogs who cheer each other on, high fives, whatever it is, right? It's sometimes they regain spirit and sometimes they have the ability to shift the outcome of the game. Well, same thing is true with us, right? When we cheer each other on or we cheer ourselves on, sometimes we have the ability to shift the game. If we believe we're only special because of a title and if we lose that title, we can lose momentum and we can risk the ability of the possibility of crashing and crashing hard. If we believe that we only have value when we have a title and we never get one or not a healthy one, it can really impact our daily living and what we believe about ourselves. So in reality, this isn't about titles, but it's about being sucked in by lies. And that lie being a title in this case, right? But lies are pressed in upon us by the world.
So we see this in models, this body image, um, this beauty. We see this in leaders who are successful. Um, presidents, well, <laughs> well, that may not be the best image right now, but um, world leaders, right? We see this in who they are and we compare ourselves to that. Uh, Fortune 500 businessmen, billionaires, right? They must be doing something right. They have this success. They have this power, right? But that is a lie in a sense. They're again, just human beings. And hopefully if they've established some of these things, they're healthy in that. Um, And that's a whole other topic, different topic that I want to get into at another time. But right now I really want to focus in on this reality and that what we get sucked into to believing about ourselves really close to home is the lies that our parents believe us they push us to believe that we can be anything that we want to be and I'm not saying that's a bad thing to push your children to or to push yourself to believe in but there are limitations right you can't be a brain surgeon if you pass out at the side of blood because I really hope you're not my brain surgeon if you do right there's realities that go with things. And so uh, if we aren't, aren't at that level and we haven't become a brain surgeon, are we diminished in the sight of our parents? People believe this, right? You might believe this. I might believe this. These are things that we're pressed in upon by the world, by close at home, right? Our parents can do this to us. Our grandparents can do this to this, us. There's not wrong in a sense, but words are very, very damaging sometimes. And so it depends on how we believe them. There's also lies that our friends tell us, just hang in there, stay positive, it's gonna be all right. Well, that depends on what they're telling you, okay? I'm not, again, saying those are wrong words to say to your friend, but is it all right if your marriage is completely falling apart? And if you just stay positive and you just hang in there, is it going to really keep your marriage from falling apart? So there's these lies in the world that we tell ourselves or that we get sucked into. And that's what I'm saying. We have to be really cautious of it. Let's come around full circle. Because I want to speak truth into some things. So we've looked at... How the negatives, but the positive, a positive side of this is that the truth of the matter is that God made you perfectly the way you are. And I have proof in that. I'm probably not going to get into all of it right now, but I do have proof in that. And the truth of the matter is that you do have to take ownership for the way you're living. Truth of the matter is you're a human being and you're limited and guess what you need community the truth of the matter is that you need a relationship with God the truth of the matter is you have to decide if you will continue to believe unhealthy lies or if you're willing to make the change In my book that I'm working on right now, The Tool Belt, crazy story behind that, but there's reason behind it. One of the things that I talk about 
is these lies that we believe. And one of my favorite uh, professionals to follow is Dr. Chris Thurman. He's um, a psychologist that really speaks into this concept of lies. And so um, in my book, I, I expand on this. And the tools being the tools that God has determined for us. And it's this idea of fastening the tool belt right around our waist. And it takes some effort. It takes some real effort to do that. I believe that you have the power to overcome everything that hinders you. I believe that you have worth for the rest of the world. I already spoke into that. And I believe that you were created with purpose and with beauty, and I spoke into that. I also believe that you might need some help accomplishing these goals, right? To being able to own up to these lies and learn how to live into them differently transform your thoughts, reshape your thoughts, tell yourself truths, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, I think that you're going to probably need some help in accomplishing that. And if you are like me, I experienced some traumatic events in my life. And in those experiences, I allowed them to shape the rest of my life. And I didn't even realize it, right? One little event has the ability to shape so much. And so deciding if I want to live in this healthier path and I want to obtain freedom in the way I live or I want to have this peace, it takes hard work. And the first bit of that hard work is that you have to be really honest with yourself. That's hard to do. Because you have to call yourself to task And you have to believe that some of the things you're telling yourself are wrong. And you could have been telling yourselves, I'm I'm getting old. And I've been living that way for a long time. So for me to shift my thought process is not easy. You might be in the same boat, right? Something you've believed as a truth your whole life, you may have to shift. And it's not easy sometimes. But I promise that being honest with yourself is the start to so many places of healing in your life. I also promise you that it's going to take immense patience and determination. You might be like me. At one point I decided I can't do this anymore, God, and I just unleashed And that was kind of scary for me, quite honestly, because it felt really odd. But I was angry. God already knew I was angry. He didn't care that I said it. In fact, he wanted me to say it because in saying it, I was able to release myself from believing some of these things and move on. And I think God wants that for you too. He wants you to move on. He wants you to accept the fact that you're flawed and that you've believed in these lies and that they have shaped you. And in doing that, he 
want you then to start to open your heart to being rec- to recognizing the lies that are out there, right? It's this sense of letting go. Okay, words like, I am this way because. It's the I am this way. What am I owning? And what is my reason? In doing that, you're going to sense some freedom. I believe that every time my husband says an unkind word to me that he hates me because, the because is important, okay? Here's my lie. I believe that every time my husband says unkind words to me, he hates me because that is a pattern that was established as I was a child. I'm not saying place blame on your parents. I'm saying take ownership in where that came from, right? It's different. Because the way your parents lived was okay for them. But it impacted you in some way. The way you went to church as a child is okay. But it impacted you. Because remember that individual piece? You're different. And it impacted you differently. I believe that whenever my husband says unkind things to me, he hates me or he wants a divorce because my father left me when I was a young child. Those are my truths. I don't know what your truths are, but they're real, they're raw, they're honest, and they're the first step to acknowledging I need to shift my life to healthier thoughts. Remember that basketball team? It is getting your chin off of your chest, focusing your eyes on healthy, admitting the the raising the chin, right? Is the admitting, okay, I don't got this. This is what I believe. This is hindering me. Raising your eyes, Focusing on the new goal, I believe that when my husband says unkind words to me, it's because he doesn't know how to express himself in the way that won't hurt me. Be cautious here because I'm not putting the blame on him, but I'm also not taking this negative on me. I believe when my husband says unkind things to me, he doesn't know how to express himself. And it would be better for both of us if I ask him what he really meant. Do you see that? Now I've opened up a line of communication. Now I've diminished the lie that I believed was true for my life. And I've allowed him to take some ownership in this relationship. Now, I'm going to suggest to you the time to ask him about it may not be then. May not be there. Those are relationship skills. We're not talking about that today. But if you've ever been in an argument with a spouse or somebody really close to you, the time to ask them to explain is not always in the heated moment. Come back to it later. You might have more success. The idea is taking that information and transforming it 
into this other place, right? Into this healthier thought process. It's into accepting the truths of who we are, what we have been brought up believing, not just by our parents, by but all of who we live into, right? All that we our culture, our context, our church, our school, the adults that we've been around, authority figures. There's a whole bunch of that that go into this, right? Some of the areas in which we believe lies, I'm going to say that there are five main areas. It's how we view ourselves, how we view others, how we view life, how we view God, and those thoughts that we have that relate to our gender roles like right i'm a woman and so i'm responsible for cleaning the house i don't know and that's shifted in the the last 30 years but but you get the point right it's what we believe that's related to our gender roles so think about the things that you tell yourself in each of these areas how do i view myself how do other how do we view others How do we view life? How do we view God? And how do we relate to our gender roles? Okay. Doing those things, being aware of those things, being conscious that that exists in your mind unconsciously, right? It's just a pattern that you've established over however many years you've been alive and you've had help with that. So again, you're going to need help getting out of that probably. But understanding that is first step to starting to live healthy. It is the first step to believing that the title doesn't make us who we are. Okay? The title is a station in life. It is not who we are. It does not define us. So you might love titles. Eh, I'm still okay with them. I love the people behind them. I hope that you have an amazing week. I hope that you find rest in letting go of some of these lies or beginning to recognize them. I hope that you will continue to grow. And I hope that you'll continue to come back and journey with me or allow me to journey with you.